You look like shit. Just your face mostly. Just has nothing to do with the the. It's clear. It just looks really bad. Looks it looks clear. If you could just do something about this, that'd be great. I'll work on it. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome back to the S3 Magazine podcast. As always, that guy's Jonathan Woolley. I'm Mike Sanders. Um, pretty big news today. I feel like we've been talking about Ford for pretty much the last 36 hours now, but they officially had their big event at the Detroit Auto Show. Uh, the new Mustang has been unveiled along with the Mustang Dark Horse. Pretty exciting stuff. Uh, Wooly, take it away. Okay. Yeah, this is the seventh gen, right? Is that what this is? Seventh gen, yep. Mustang. And uh, just to let you guys know, this has just been unveiled tonight. Um, these are our totally um, uninfluenced opinions because we haven't read anything besides what we've read directly from Ford about this car. So, I mean, for whatever it's worth, you know what I mean? I, you're, the, the Mustang's going to get, media is going to get so bulldozed down your throat for this car that um, you're probably going to, it's going to get oversaturated. So at least I wanted to kind of preface with that, like, this is just us thinking. This is no outside influences. This is our initial reactions and kind of how we're feeling about it. Um, having said that, I think that this is exactly what it needed to be. And and praise God that they didn't screw this up. I, I, I had a feeling that they weren't because we saw hints about what was going to happen. But you never know. In this day and age, with EVs and with everything being soft, and automatics, you just didn't know. I was like, where are they gonna fuck this up? You know? Um, but it doesn't seem like it did. And and it goes back to, I know I've said this on podcasts, I know I've said this in articles, Ford, when they get out of their own way, can be brilliant. They're all up in their own way right now. Um, and, and the government's in their own way, and their damn shareholders are in their own way. I wish that they would Get out of their own way and stop listening to shareholders. Stop listening to Biden and his administration and all of his regulations and just do what they do. Or maybe they're doing it right. Maybe you do have to listen to that to some some extent. But with this, they showed us that they can still do it. I think that they appease the enthusiasts. And it's funny because we're like all stoked that they just didn't screw it up. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like they appease the enthusiasts. They gave us um i think they gave the mustang nation something that they're gonna like and that they can work with um i think it's gonna be a huge hit i think that america still there's a place for a, a v8 coupe i think there's a place for a pony car i think there's a place for a muscle car but apparently you know other people don't think that there's a place for that um i'm glad that ford didn't cave i agree i think this was the easiest layup that you could have possibly drawn up it was basically just recreate a slightly updated version of the S550 Mustang with a little bit more power, keep the manual transmission, keep the internal combustion engine version of this true pony car alive for one more generation at least. That's all they had to do. They nailed it. Thank God. I was really, really dreading the fact that they were going to go and do something like the Corvette where they're like, oh, yeah, the car's here, but... We did something funky to it. And by the way, there's no more manual transmission or, hey, it's a hybrid now. I'm just glad that none of that wonky crap happened. Yeah. Thank God it's here. They're calling it. This one's going to be the, uh, the S650, I think. Right. That's the platform. Yeah. I could change, but I think so. And, and you know, 
they could, yeah, they could have ruined it. They could have uh, gone EV. They could have stuffed a hybrid in it, which I, I don't think they've done yet. Maybe that's coming, but they haven't done it. They could have killed it like the Camaro and the Challenger and the Charger. And they didn't do that. So, like, hats off to them. Um, I actually have a hunch, and it, you know, it's just a hunch. It's for whatever it's worth, just from working around this stuff. I, I think that Ford might have a plan B that they're not talking about. I, you know, they kind of say that this is the last Mustang, but, like, I don't know, man. When I was reading, just so you guys like so you guys know like ford has kind of given their dealers an ultimatum um we're in mid-september right now right now when we're talking and they just said today that by halloween um all of ford's dealers have got to make a call do you want to be part of evs or do you not if you want to it's going to cost you a half million to probably a million and a half um to get the infrastructure in and there's different tiers of like how ev you're going to be are you going to be tier one where they cap off how many you get? Are you going to be like the whole, you know, or I'm sorry, tier two or tier one where you get unlimited EVs, all that kind of stuff. But when I was reading that, I was almost thinking, man, is Ford actually being kind of brilliant and kicking that can down the road? Because one of the stipulations is if you say no, you're not going to do EV, you can't come back in for three years. But why three years? You know, like I there's going to be an election, a presidential election in three years, and that election could really change the traje trajectory of EVs, just facts. Um, there's also a lot of supply issues and, and costs of batteries are going up like crazy. Um, so I almost think that Ford, and probably it's been a hard lesson learned with the Mach-E and, and the price of that battery skyrocketing and making their car unprofitable and on top of that having a recall that they had to basically stop sales for 2022 on i think that ford might be more aware than we realize of some potential problems in the pipeline going as hardcore ev as everybody says that they're going to go right now in 2022 and if that's the case i think that while they're still talking about ev stuff to the public i think they're making sure that they got their plan b that's just what i think that's just my hunch um, I agree. I think it would be dumb for any automotive manufacturer to not have a plan B right now, because while EV is the flavor of the year and definitely of this administration right now and every world government out there right now, to be honest, it really, really is. It seems to be where all the money is backed. We still don't know what we don't know about EV. We don't know how it's going to work on even a small scale, to be honest, much less a large scale. I mean, I think that, what, 5% of the vehicles in the U.S., maybe less than that, are, are EVs currently. We have no idea how the infrastructure is going to work. We have no idea how the mining is going to work. I, I saw somebody did a true study on raw materials and in relation to EVs just the other day. And on top of what we already currently have, we're going to need approximately 350 new mining operations throughout the world in order to even get close to hitting that demand, that peak demand that's expected by 2035 in order to do all this. So, like, plus all the infrastructure is not is going to have to change, not just in the U.S., but on in every other country where this this works. Um, the amount of electricity that's going to have to be created in the the world is mind-boggling to think about and right now we don't have a way of doing it so it's all just 
hopes and dreams and saying, yeah, 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 it's it's 12 years out. We got plenty of time to figure it out. That might not necessarily be true. So mm-hmm. it is really, really good to have that secondary plan, that that um, panic parachute that you can pull just in case. Because if you like like Dodge, for example, I'm always giving Dodge, you know, so many daps and, and I love those guys for everything they did. I feel like they held on for a really long time. But the fact that they're completely abandoning the internal combustion pony car, car stuff, which is their bread and butter, and then trying to go 100% EV, I think's dumb. I don't think that's smart at all, especially when you have this much time. I mean, I get it. Make your concept car, get it out there, get people to buy it. But like to completely 100% go EV, that doesn't seem like the way. So I, I don't give Ford CEO much credit because I, I keep a pretty close watchful eye on him and he he, he messes up a lot. I'm not going to lie. He steps on his own feet a lot. At the same time, he's very brilliant sometimes. This is one of those brilliant moments. Um, I think that Ford did a really, really good job with this. It wasn't very hard to do because there's no competition, and the bar was set very, very low, but they knocked it out of the park. Thank God. Yeah, what I like about Jim Farley is he's an open book, and that's cool to see from a CEO. You see you see his missteps, and you see his brilliance, you know, and, and that's fair. I like that. Um, you were talking about the Challenger and the Charger. Like, those were two, they're very hot-selling cars still, even though they've been out for over a decade. Um, the Mustang, or I'm sorry, the Camaro dried up because GM made some missteps in design, and they kind of dropped the ball from the fifth gen. Um, and then and then Ford is still selling, like, hotcakes with the Mustang. So, you know, yeah, I, I was going to say exactly what you said, is that Dodge is, they don't have that backup plan if this goes south. They're fully in on this kind of thing. Um, where it seems like Ford is still making... I, like, look, whether you're for EV or against EV, um, if you've got a level head on your shoulders, like, you should, you should, we should realize that we don't know what we don't know about this stuff. Like, it is new. You may think that it's a future. You know, you may think that it's not the future. The fact of the matter is we don't know yet. So, uh, you know, the next 10 years is going to be very telling. But it just, you know, to, to completely pander to like the the agenda and the movement you know and all this and the social media and and the virtue signaling and to start ditching successful cars for unknown evs is not a smart move and we don't see ford doing that here um but anyway enough with that let's go um to the actual car like the design seems on point i was like a I, I made little notes here, so at the risk of looking like a nerd, I'm just going to kind of read what I was writing because I was just I was just starting to work on an article too. Like I, I did say that I think the design's right where it needs to be. It's it's at squared off and edgier, but that's a sign of the design times. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you can look at the car, especially like the side, you know, silhouette of it, the side view. You can tell that Ford's going after a broader audience. It looks like a more global car. As a matter of fact, in that the the in the rear deck window, you know, the rear window kind of slope, I see, and the rear side window, I see some Nissan Z in there. Um, yeah. And and I read something about the rear overhang. They shorten that up, so there's less rear overhang over the rear tires. I think that's what's making me see some Z. And I was like, oh, it's a little copy. But then you know what? Like they had mentioned, that's true to the original Mustang design. The 60, you know, the original Gen 1, 64 and a half, 65, whatever. Like 
that car had a very short trunk behind the rear tires. Um, and so they're kind of going back to that. They're trying to make the car handle better and perform better, um, which is cool. Um, I'm trying to think. It's got big, fat hips, you know, which I like. You know, they look, they look really big um, to kind of show off the big-ass tires that I'm sure are going to be under these things. Uh, inside the interior, like initial reaction, I'm not a fan. But then I looked at it. I, first of all, I'm still not a fan because I don't care about all the tech. I don't want all the little glassy looking screens in the car. To me, it looks fragile. The Mustang has always had that kind of twin cockpits, right? Like driver, passenger, the little arc in the dash and all of that, which was kind of big when the first one came out in the kind of the aerospace, you know, like people were excited about that. And it had that twin cockpits and that's always been Mustang. And they took that out for a driver focused cockpit. The screens kind of point at the driver. At first, I didn't like that, but you own a Mustang. I've driven Mustangs. You know, you own a, a S550. It's a big car. And when you take the dash and you stretch that dash and you have like those two hump cockpits or whatever, it makes a big car feel big. It feels wide. It feels like, you know what I mean? And I, I really think that taking the cockpit and making it driver focused and bringing it in is going to make kind of a big car feel more controllable, more agile. Uh, it's also kind of a nod back to the 90s Japanese. I, I don't think it's a nod, but it is 90s Japanese-esque. Supras, DSMs, they all had that driver-focused um, kind of driver-centric cockpit. So <clears throat> that I like. I just don't like the screens. And I think I was reading something that said, you know, they're taking away buttons. They were yeah. like, oh, I, I saw the word millennials. Well, millennials, is, as well as Mustang enthusiasts, don't like buttons. Bullshit. I, millennials probably don't like buttons, but like car people like buttons. If you're, mm -hmm. you don't want to have to look at a screen. If you, if you like to drive, you want to be able to reach over there, latch onto it. I, I just think that that's a misstep, but I'll take it because everything else is good. You know what I mean? Like that's a frustration that is in most cars these days. They did say that there's kind of like a, a peaceful mode or a dark mode or something. I forgot what they call it, where you can kind of just turn all the shit off. Because it's got a lot of gizmos. It's got, I think I saw something almost about 3D, which Genesis has been playing with. So I think it's almost like video game-esque. Like you'll be able to see your little car or your, if you're in Sport Plus or whatever, and it'll it'll do the gizmos and, and the little light show. But I don't care about that. I just don't. Neither. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Oh, the engine. Um, on the regular GT, they have not, I did not see a horsepower number other than it's the most powerful Coyote yet. It's the fourth gen or whatever. Yeah. Um, I did see twin intakes and twin throttle bodies, which yeah. is badass. <laughs> I'm just going to guess that it's maybe a, what, 30 horsepower increase? That's just me, Paul. Yeah. It, it, if I had to guess, it's probably going to be a hair over 450. Mm -hmm. Maybe somewhere in there. Um, it, it's funny that you bring up the whole twin throttle body thing. That is cool, for sure. That's really, really cool. I wonder how that's going to change because where I live, like everybody has a Mustang and they're all freaking supercharged. I wonder how that's going to change that, you know, the yeah. force induction route of this whole thing because that adds a whole new element to it. Now you got to feed air into two different intakes. So I don't know. We'll see what happens there. It's exciting. Mm -hmm. Like that's 
that's the exciting future of cars. You know what I mean? So, so many things that we're seeing in automotive engineering and design now, they're not exciting. It's all these nanny little gizmos that protect drivers and make them safer. And, blah. and, and But like, that's an oxymoron because when you make somebody safer through technology, you also make them more inept and you make them more lazy. And it's, it's a never ending cycle until you have self-driving cars. You know what I mean? Like that, and that's where we're, that's the thing. Like, fuck the safety. Come on, man. Like make some stuff that, that is exciting again. Twin intake or twin throttle bodies. That's exciting. And you know what? That's going to wake up the aftermarket. And holy crap, this is cool. Like, let's do, let's see where this goes. It's a new innovation. It's fun. Um, so I'm all for that. Yeah. And you have the dark horse, uh, which is, Five, they did mention power numbers. They mentioned yeah. 500 damn horsepower NA. Naturally aspirated. That's the important part. So, so I have a supercharged S550 Mustang. And if I could go back and do my build again, I think it's the one thing that I might not do is put the blower on there. I think if I were to do it again and just make it a true driver's car, like I love my supercharger. It sounds wicked. That thing is freaking awesome. But if I had to do another one, I think I would want to get big power in a 500 horsepower naturally aspirated out of a big screaming coyote sounds awesome. Yeah, that sounds truly kick ass. Mm. Um, they're kind of out Mopar and Mopar. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's just a ballsy move. Like Mopar just killed their whole damn lineup, their whole Hellcat, their whole damn everything. And now Ford's coming in, NA, 500 horsepower. If I'm Dodge, I'm going, fuck, too soon. You know, like, it's just, so, I don't know, man. And God only knows what that thing will cost, you know? Um, I mean, we'll see. If you guys haven't seen it yet, the best way I can describe it is it is a newer-looking blue version of the Mustang Bullet. Yeah, but it's like this gray-blue. It's like this shadow blue. Um and there's a lot of other things too. I think it's got more aggressive brakes. It's got some chassis reinforcement. It's 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 got the goods. Did I see carbon fiber wheels on there? I did not see that. Maybe on the R. So they're gonna do. <clears throat> I mean, you guys probably know this at this point because if you're seeing this podcast, you've probably done at least a little bit of research. But like the dark horse is gonna be the GT is a bad boy. The dark horse is going to be really bad. And then there's a dark horse S, which is not a street legal car. It's meant for track days. They take out all the bullshit, all the electronics, and they put in a cage and you go. And then the dark horse R is an actual wheel to wheel competition, you know, spec type of car. Um, so that's, that's the lineup. Maybe that one, maybe. Uh, I did read that it comes with different wheels. The dark horse S comes with the same wheels as the regular Dark Horse. The Dark Horse R gets its own set. Um, but yeah, it's it's a pretty ballsy move, man. And that's that's not a Shelby. Like, where does it go? You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, I mean, you're looking at a supercharged version of that or something for a Shelby, and and you're you're up there. You're nearing a thousand horsepower. Yeah, at the same time, I kind of lost it for Shelby when they got away from the manual transmission <laughs> with the last gen. It's true. It's yeah. a bad car, but there is something missing. 
There just is. I've, I've driven it. I had it for a week. Um, and I, I believe that car is a DSG car. And so it's cooler than your, your regular 10 speed automatic. It, it, it bangs, you know, but like, come on, you know, it, it, it ain't a manual transmission. It's, it, then it ain't a pony car as far as yeah. I'm, um, yeah, here it is. Here it is. I'm going to interrupt really quick. Finally, for no compromised track performance, customers can equip Mustang Dark Horse with lightweight carbon fiber wheels. Wait, yeah. did that say which one is that? Is that the street version or is that the R? It just says most. I think it, it just says Mustang Dark Horse. I think it's any of them. Shit. I'm scared to see that price tag. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I've priced out some carbon fiber wheels before. They are uh, they're proud of those fellas. <laughs> um. Yeah, I you know I guess that's all we got. I want to keep it short enough to to not you know ramble too much. Um. I guess as a Mustang owner, we'll close it with that. Like, what do you think? Uh, I, I think it's cool, man. I, I think I'm going to have to see one in person. Yeah. But it'll probably make me want to flip my S550 to step up to something else. And the only thing I can say is anyone from Ford, if you guys are listening right now, please remember, he's the one that wrecked the red eye, okay? Give me the cop car to go out there and mess around with. Come on. I didn't wreck a red eye. I ran through the sheriff's mailbox, which is kind of like the right initiation. I mean, I'm not going to say it wasn't the perfect way to christen the chassis, but you're still the one that wrecked the damn thing, not me. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, I guess that's that's what we got. That, that's kind of our initial um, reaction. It's positive. Thank you, Ford, for, you know, not totally alienating your enthusiast base and, and giving us what we want uh, and trying to keep it alive for at least another generation. Um, and who knows, maybe by the next one, we'll be more receptive to a EV, but no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, you guys, uh, thank you for listening. Um, again, you know, we're S3 Magazine. We have a dope-ass app. It's free. It's new. Go check it out. It's called S3 Magazine. It's the letter S, the number three. Um, if it's not on, um, what is it, Google Play or whatever, yet it should be literally any day. They've been telling us that for about two weeks now. So <laughs> it's getting closer. Yeah, um, it's on Apple, so anyone with a real phone can get it right now. But sure. <laughs> the Google Store is, is apparently giving us some grief for some reason. It'll be there soon. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, you know, it's just uh, real enthusiast shit. Everything that we do, whether it's written or whether it's video or, or whatever, it all goes through that app. And, um, you know, uh, I guess it's biased if you want to call it biased, but biased from the point of view of somebody that actually likes to drive and actually likes to feel the cars that they drive. Because in this current landscape, <clears throat> we're the minority. Like people don't like to drive anymore and people don't even know what it means to feel the car that you're driving. So we feel like we need to protect that. There needs, <clears throat> there needs to be a voice in an army for that kind of thing. So uh, that's what we're trying to do. Anyway, thank you guys. Yep. Have a good night, guys.